Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your wwe elimination chamber post show for february 18th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your saturday evenings wherever you may be man Oh, man, I don't even know. I, I don't even know where to begin. I, I don't know where to begin. I, I got so mad. After a show like this, man, it's going to be very difficult for me to sleep after this stream is over. It's typically something that happens when you got these these shows, these high-energy shows that you get, like The Chamber tonight. My emotions are all over the place, and I'm sure you guys are feeling the same thing. I'm sure you guys are feeling like me as well. We got more questions than, than answers tonight uh, than anything. I, I want to choose my words, and I want to attack this very carefully, okay? I don't want people to think that I'm displeased. I can't be displeased with what's going on. A am I a passionate wrestling fan that has concerns? Absolutely. I want everything to go off right. I don't want things to be 
jeopardized on the road to WrestleMania. If there's one place you want things to go smoothly as possible, it is the road to WrestleMania. The Chamber tonight was incredible. I thought this show was by far and away, easily, easily, WWE's best show under Triple H. Better than Clash of the Castle, better than Survivor Series, better than the Rumble. This was easily Triple H's best WWE main roster production since taking over WWE Creative. That's number one. The atmosphere tonight was incredible. Absolutely incredible. You you don't get that all that often at all. The last time I felt that way about a world title match, WWE, you got to go back to 2011, CM Punk, John Cena, Money in the Bank. And before that, you got to go back to 2006, John Cena versus Rob Van Dam at ECW One Night Stand number two in New York City at the Hammerstein Ballroom. If Cena wins, we riot. Tonight's crowd was on par with both of those crowds. Absolutely incredible. Incredible crowd. Montreal brought the heat. They were hot all night. And they made Sami Zayn feel like he was fucking Hulk Hogan in his prime tonight. It it was ridiculous. The reaction and the ovation that Sami Zayn got in Montreal. Everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. The setting was perfect. The match was great. Roman Reigns is absolutely, if anybody had any hesitation at all about Roman Reigns. I said this this week, and it's going to be a discussion as we go into WrestleMania. Roman Reigns is the greatest final boss And I mean as a world champion, the greatest final boss that anybody has ever had to rival in WWE history. It is absolutely incredible to see where he was under Vince McMahon, how nauseating he was under Vince McMahon, how pushed the narrative of Roman Reigns was pushed down our throats to like him as is. To where he is now, what he's transformed into. Unbelievable. Just an unbelievable performer. The old Roman Reigns, if I could give you an indication of what the reaction was in the Bell Center tonight, the old Roman Reigns would have absolutely been rattled to the core with that reaction. Multiple fuck you Roman Reigns chants. Multiple Roman sucks chants. Fuck you, Roman, all over the place. I mean, the old Roman would have been absolutely rattled to a point where he would have been a puddle of jello in the middle of the ring. This Roman Reigns was absolutely a mafia boss, showed you he did not give a single shit, and even during it all was giving, like Jesse said tonight via text, the bedroom eyes to Sami Zayn's wife. At ringside, he didn't give a single shit. Absolutely did not give a single shit. You know, you may not like Roman Reigns as WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Universal Champion for over two years, 903 days now, officially beating Sami Zayn tonight. But my God, man, you got to appreciate the level of performer. You got to appreciate where he was to where he is now in WWE. It is a fucking rarity to see 
somebody like that grow. And that's the one reason that I appreciate Roman Reigns so much the way we see him now. What he has grown into. It's a beautiful thing. Sami Zayn tonight. A lot of people thought that Sami Zayn was going to win the WWE World Heavyweight title tonight. I never thought that he was going to win it. I said it the most I said on SmackDown, following SmackDown and the reaction that he got last night on SmackDown was that, Jesus Christ, the reaction that Sami Zayn got in the Bell Center and Roman and the Bloodline weren't even on SmackDown. I said, and it was just a weakness. It was an in-the-moment thing. Man, Montreal is really making you feel like Sammy should win the world title at the Elimination Chamber, even though I know it's not the right thing to do. And I said it last night. I'm going to say it again. We got to stay the course. We got to stay the course. Sami Zayn's story is tonight. This is his WrestleMania. This was his WrestleMania moment. Stay the course. Stay with Cody. Stay with Cody and Roman. That's the world title. Sami and KO get Jay and Jimmy and the tag team titles at WrestleMania. You got a major one-two combo main event for WrestleMania. And it's going to be epic. Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns have one of the most epic world title matches possibly ever tonight. Ever. This was Sami Zayn of old. This was Sami Zayn black and gold. This was every bit of Roman as a heel that you will ever get. One of the most epic championship matches of our generation. And I feel like WWE gave you literally everything. They've done everything right. They've done everything right with Sammy and the bloodline and the story and Cody. Everybody was hesitant when Cody won the Royal Rumble. Oh my God, Sammy's getting hot. Sammy's getting hot. Cody won the Royal Rumble at number 30. He didn't really earn it. Cody comes out speaking about Dusty, his father, my family, Dusty, this and that. Son of a plumber, this and that. I'm like, this is not going to go well. And people are just going to want Sammy more and more and more and more over Cody. WWE played a little game of chess with the fans. Had Cody come out and become a cheerleader for Sami Zayn. They put Cody in the Sami Zayn section and they had him cheer for Sami and everything looked like a huge gamble. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, no, that's not right. It ended up working being one of the best moves that WWE could have ever made. Cody going against Sami or not mentioning Sami there's no reason why he would go against Sammy, but not mentioning Sammy and not being involved in Sammy's story probably would have ended up worse for Cody Rhodes. So WWE taking a gamble on Monday night and having Cody be a cheerleader for Sammy Zayn actually worked in his favor, and everything was working great. Sammy had his story. Cody had his story. Then we get to tonight. Cody wasn't there. You never mentioned that Cody wasn't mentioned at all. You didn't hear a peep from Cody. There was no Cody promo. There was no mention of Cody in any which way on this show. No Cody vignette. Nothing. Nothing. This was Sammy. And then we get to the conclusion of this match. One referee goes down. The second referee goes down. And I'm like, here we go. Jay Uso's in the ring. Jay Uso's in the ring. And this is the man of the hour. This is the man that we were waiting for. And WWE replays the same exact scene from the Royal Rumble. That Roman 
had Sammy go through. He put the same test in front of Jay Uso that he put Sammy in front of at the Royal Rumble. Sammy would not hit Kevin Owens with the chair. Sammy instead took the chair and bashed Roman Reigns in the back. Jay Uso was presented with the same test. You're backing this guy. This is the guy that you're standing up for, says Roman Reigns. He hands Jay Uso the chair. Roman steps in front of Jay Uso. They're pretending like Jay Uso is going to nail Sammy, or Roman rather, right in front of Sammy, nail Roman in the back with the steel chair. And all of a sudden, Sammy gets up, inadvertently spears Jay Uso. And that's the last we see of Jay Uso on this Saturday night, not to be seen again. Then things break down. Roman eventually wins the match. Jimmy's out there beating down Sami Zayn. Paul Heyman gets a stunner from Kevin Owens who comes out. Kevin Owens runs roughshod all over the bloodline. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn stand tall at the end of the show. No Jay Uso. And that's the one guy we needed to see. That's the one guy we needed to hear from at the end of the show. But we did not. The show went absolutely the way that it needed to go. But like I said in the beginning, I'm going to choose my words very carefully. I don't want people to think I'm unhappy with the direction of what's going on here. Because if there's anybody that is upset, I think you're asking for a little bit too much. You could be disappointed, but being flat out, downright upset, there's no reason for you to. Because we're probably going to get to the same result that I'm complaining about now anyway. It's just... WWE, and I said this on Twitter just right before I went live, I feel like with the ending, they accomplished nothing. The only gripe that I have with tonight's show is that WWE, I feel, knew the internet wrestling community and the fans knew Sammy was not going to win this match. Sammy Zayn was not going to win this match. WWE knew it. Triple H knew it. Everybody knew it. And they knew the fans knew exactly the direction of where this was going. Jay Uso's the catalyst. Jay Uso's the guy. This is going to be Jay Uso's night to turn on Sami Zayn. I feel like WWE intentionally knew the fans knew where this was going, and they did everything they could to throw a curveball at you to show you that you don't know much of anything and that you're going to wait for the outcome that you thought you were going to get tonight. All for the sake of saying, ha, 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 I told you so. You guys don't know shit. Meanwhile, the only thing that I will say is if WWE is waiting because there's six weeks till WrestleMania and they're going to milk Jay Uso's indecision about if he's in or out. They're going to milk Jay Uso's. Is he in and out of the blood in or out of the bloodline? I don't know if that's the right move to make. I don't. Because the one thing that I was thinking about The way that it played out to me tonight is that all that this accomplished was that Sami Zayn got fucked over by the bloodline and all people are watching at home is, man, Sami Zayn deserves a rematch against Roman Reigns the way that this played out in the main event. And that is exactly what you did not want to have happen at this main event. You did not want that to be the closing scene of the main event tonight. You did not need 
the fans saying, thinking, or feeling, man, Sami Zayn should really be in the main event of WrestleMania. Sami Zayn should get a rematch against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's exactly what they did tonight. That's exactly what they did tonight. Now, I, uh, I'm not saying that I know better than Triple H or Paul Heyman or Roman. But sometimes the simplest road is the best one to travel down. I feel like WWE needed to establish what they needed to do at WrestleMania tonight instead of waiting for a random SmackDown. Tonight was the night. You're not going to be in Montreal next Friday. You're not going to be in Montreal two weeks from now. You're going to be in Montreal tonight and only tonight. That's when you needed to pull the trigger with Jay Uso making his decision if he's in or out. In this case, it should have been in, and he should have blasted Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn should have got another beat down, mafia-style like he did at the Royal Rumble. Then out comes Kevin Owens, and then we get everything that you got tonight, but with Jay Uso making his decision tonight at the Chamber. Because all you did was have Jay Uso once again Make a decision that's, or I should say not make a decision. All they had is Jay Uso not make a decision, and that's all people are now going to be asking themselves. Did WWE call an audible? Is Sami Zayn going to get added to the main event match of WrestleMania with Cody and Roman Reigns making it a triple threat match? All they needed to do was do what everybody had talked about, and they did not do it. That's all they needed to do. And they didn't do it. Now, are we going to get to the same exact location with Jey Uso? Probably. Probably. But I got some reservations on that. I got a little, what I call logic gaps that I feel presented themselves tonight in regards to that. Jey Uso was speared by Sami Zayn. Everybody's saying, well, that's going to be the catalyst for Jey Uso to turn on Sami Zayn. Why? Why? Jay Uso was right there. He was standing right there. He knows and should know that Sami Zayn did not intentionally aim for Jay Uso. So why would he be upset with Sami Zayn and then all of a sudden turn on Sami Zayn for that reason? Jay Uso, of all people, should know that he was aiming for Roman to pin Roman and win the world championships. You can't give me the excuse of Sami Zayn spearing Jay Uso inadvertently, and that's going to be the reason. You can't do it. You can't have that be the reason. That is one of the most ridiculous reasons that you could come up with. And if you think that is a better reason for Jay to make a decision than him making the decision tonight when Roman handed him the chair, I don't know if you should really be involving yourself in storyline long-term booking pro wrestling. Because that's not, that's not the way that it should have went down at all. It should have happened exactly the way that I just laid it out for you. So now we got six weeks till WrestleMania. We're going to get exactly where we need to be with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But they really, really left it open. And no, this is just not a Montreal thing. This is going to be a worldwide heartfelt thing from the general WWE audience. Because I don't know how you look at that just being a Montreal thing. I look at that as being Sami got screwed. And Sami deserves another shot at the WWE World Heavyweight title. And Sami Zayn should be wrestling in the main event of WrestleMania with Cody Rhodes or against Roman one-on-one. 
or a triple threat match, whichever way they go. That's what I got out of it. Why would you want to why would you want to put that out in the open? Why would you want that feeling out there? Mixed. Mixed with what they did tonight. I ask you guys in all sincerity. I ask you, I ask every single one of you watching me. I got 4,000 people in here right now. I ask you with all sincerity. Do you genuinely believe? Do you genuinely believe Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns tonight? Or I should say, do you think Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes is going to be more epic and better? Is Cody going to be able to top what Sami Zayn did here in Montreal against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? From my vantage point and my honesty, I don't think Cody Rhodes is going to come close at all to topping what Sami Zayn did here tonight, both in match, both in emotion, and both in just the heart of the epic center that was Montreal. He's not. He's not. WWE, I mean, they they actually made this way too good. They made it beyond anything that we could really comprehend. And I honestly feel like one way or another, Cody Rhodes is never going to live up to what Sami Zayn did tonight in Montreal. No way. No way. You don't come across this all that often. You don't. Rarely. You come across Cody Rhodes... You know, every now and then, more so than you come across what Sami Zayn here, did, what Sami Zayn did here tonight. You're not going to have Cody Rhodes go to WrestleMania and recreate what Sami and Roman did tonight at Elimination Chamber. You're not. I don't think they called an audible. I don't. I think that would be ridiculous. Could WWE weasel something? Sure. But I, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. If there's a problem with Jay Uso, if there's a problem with Jay Uso, and Jay Uso is really, really, and they're teasing Jay Uso about him being out of the bloodline, if there's an indecision there, and Jay Uso is a bigger story that we may not realize right now, WWE could always pull the free bird rule. They pulled the free bird rule with the Usos before we could get Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso defending the tag team championships against Sammy and and KO at WrestleMania. It wouldn't have the same effect. It wouldn't be as epic as it would be with Jey Uso, but they could swindle that and then still do Cody and Roman at WrestleMania and then leave Jey as the the huge question mark after WrestleMania, if this is going to be something to do with Jey Uso after WrestleMania. I, I just don't understand why they didn't pull the trigger tonight. Like, why wait on something that is so in your face blatant Why wait? That's my problem. Everything else was fucking perfect. The match was perfect. Everything, everything legitimately. You could not fucking write it any better. But they waited. And they didn't do exactly what they needed to do. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. 
They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jay Uso's story. It, the only thing I could come up with is that Jay Uso's story is much bigger than what's going on here. But I don't know why. I, I just don't know why. If we're getting the tag team title match, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is Jay Uso really leaving the bloodline? Are we going to get the tag team match with KO and Sammy? And is he going to leave the bloodline after it's all over? There's got to be a bigger story with Jay Uso. Otherwise, they would have made it blatantly know that Jay Uso's in the bloodline. If there's one thing, if there's one thing that you guys need to, and, and I know some of you did not watch Triple H and the way he operated in NXT, I, I, I watched meticulously with a fucking microscope every week, every takeover. There's one thing you know about Triple H, man. It is expect the unexpected. He is, I said this since day one. The, the man is going to keep you guessing. He's going to keep you guessing. And, and that's exactly what he did here tonight. I, I, I just, I, and again, I don't want to sit here and, and, you know, disagree completely with what he's doing or what he did tonight. And I do feel like we're going to get that tag team title match one way or another because it's the only thing right now, logically, that makes any sense. But it should have been done tonight. Other than that, it was one of the most epic title matches that you could possibly ever put on WWE TV. Uh, Very, very emotional. A roller coaster ride. It it reminded me, you know, all the false finishes we got tonight, man. I I was getting flashbacks of Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver New York. This whole show was booked like a fucking takeover. Five matches, three hours, three hours and ten minutes or so. It was booked like a takeover tonight. That main event reminded me of Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole at TakeOver New York in the main event with all those false finishes, with Sami Zayn battling from the two downed referees and battling Jimmy Uso coming out there. Tremendous. It was absolutely fucking tremendous. But again, I, ha- I have to ask, you know, and, and listen, I-, I-, I have to ask the questions. I-, I have to present this in the way that I am because it wouldn't be fair of me to just ignore it. I know you guys are thinking tonight. I know you are. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the show was bad or the match was bad or what they did was bad. I- all I'm saying is WWE, I- I- instead of ensuring that they took the safest route, they actually made things a little bit more convoluted and gave us more questions than answers tonight. And it was a night that we needed more answers. I know for a fact you're feeling Sammy now deserves a rematch. Sammy deserves to be in the main event instead of feeling the hatred for Jay Uso, who should have turned on Sammy, and we should have squared away that and made Roman solely about Cody. Leaving tonight, Roman should not have to worry about Sammy Zayn. 
not himself. He's got to worry in, in, in a sense of the bloodline because it would be Jay and Jimmy. I know you guys are feeling that Sammy needs a rematch. Now, I know you are. And if you don't feel that way, you're not being honest with yourself. And I know you're feeling uh, Sammy Zayn against Jay and Jimmy Uso with Kevin Owens is going to be a downgrade from what we saw tonight. I know it. That all could have been salvaged by one little change to Jay Uso instead of waiting. That's my problem. That's my problem. The Elimination Chamber matches tonight, man. Holy shit. Holy shit. The women's match, I was genuinely surprised by. I was genuinely surprised by how everybody worked so great in that match. Carmella looked good. Asuka looked great. Raquel looked great. Liv looked great. It was a very, very entertaining match. They didn't really go and do crazy shit. I'm not expecting the ladies to jump off the the fucking top of the cage tonight like Montez Ford did. We got Nikki Cross acting like a little psychopath in there doing what she does, causing her own carnage. But that was probably one of the better women's elimination chamber matches that we've seen in a very long time. And we know how convoluted Vince McMahon gave the women's chamber matches, or, or made the women's chamber matches. They, they were awful. They were legitimately awful. Tonight was not that. And we got Asuka winning the women's elimination chamber match and going on to wrestle Bianca Belair one-on-one at WrestleMania. The men's, I'm telling you, man, you, you look at the field of men in this match, you look at Seth Rollins, Triple H guy. Bronson Reed, Triple H guy. Damian Priest, Triple H guy. Johnny Gargano, Triple H guy. They're all Triple H guys. Every single Austin Theory, Triple H guy. Montez Ford, Street Profits, Triple H guys. These are all Triple H guys. Some people don't like the way Triple H is handling things in WWE. They don't like the way he's handling the main roster. But his guys, some of them are great. Some of them are not. Some of them are working out. Some of them are not. These guys are all Triple H guys, and my God, man, what those six guys did in that chamber, that was one of the best men's chambers ever. Ever. Montreal obviously aided in that because they were hot all night, but that was one of the best men's chambers that they've ever produced, ever. Montez Ford is, and I I am not for breaking up the Street Profits yet, But Montez Ford is a fucking stud, man. He is absolutely incredible. I legitimately at one point thought they were going to give him the United States Championship tonight. I even even threw it out at you guys as a possibility on the SmackDown post show last night. I said, if Montez Ford wins the United States Championship, I could see him defending that title against Angelo Dawkins at WrestleMania. So he was absolutely a dark horse in this thing because they love him and he's going to be He is going to be absolutely incredible as a singles when he finally fully breaks out on his own. Bronson Reed, they took care of him great tonight. I didn't think he was going to be pinned just like that because they've really protected him and treated him like a monster. They, 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 They made him look strong, as strong as they could make Bronson Reed look. Johnny Gargano, he was Johnny Wrestling tonight. The Johnny Wrestling that we all fell in love with in NXT. He was doing shit in there that we haven't seen him done on the, do on the main roster yet. It was incredible. Austin Theory is great. Damian Priest is great. Right? 
Everybody. Every, Seth Rollins, always great. He's on the best run of his fucking life right now. Just an incredible chamber match for the men. And Logan Paul made an appearance, and he started officially his feud, at least on his end, with Seth Rollins going into WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, thumbs down, disappointment. That was fucking awful. And the mixed tag team match with the Judgment Day, we got Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor against Edge and Beth Phoenix. I had this all wrong, and I thought Judgment Day were going to get the victory. Instead, it was the Grit Couple, Edge and Beth Phoenix win, and what looks to be the end of the feud. I don't know what we're doing. Hopefully, it is the end of Edge and Beth versus Judgment Day because I think a lot of people are now really over the feud. It's been going on for a very long time. And apparently now Edge, uh, apparently you guys were saying in the stream that Edge has open challenged Austin Theory for a United States Championship match tomorrow on Raw. Now that presents an interesting situation now, doesn't it? I don't know if that's true or not, but if that's the case, we could be looking at Edge win the United States Championship and Edge versus John Cena at WrestleMania which is something that I had predicted months ago. But I don't think that is going to happen. I think Theory wins, and I think Theory is the plan for John Cena at WrestleMania. But man, does that create quite the interesting narrative going into Monday Night Raw tomorrow. All in all, the Chamber was incredible. I thought the pay-per-view was an absolute banger of a show. Easily Triple H's best show. I just have some concerns. And rightfully so. You guys have those same concerns. I know you do. I know you do. But again, I trust Triple H. I trust the process. I trust Roman Reigns. I trust Paul Heyman on where they're going. I just don't know why that trigger was not pulled tonight to really just solidify us on that road instead of keeping people guessing on something that we already know is going to happen unless Jey Uso is in line for a much bigger story. But I don't know why you'd break up the Usos. I don't. It just doesn't make sense to me. We're going to talk about what happened in these matches. We're going to break down this show tonight. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me. We got almost 5,000 in here. You guys are awesome. Quickly, I just want to go over the usual before we get into the review. Follow me on social media, please. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit those subscribe buttons down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Please hit that thumbs up. We've already achieved the minimum of 1,000. We got 4,700 people in here. We need 2,000 minimum. Easy. If you guys are in the chat, hit that thumbs up. Super chats, open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships, get them on in. Hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Channel members get emotes, badges, and VIP access to tomorrow's flagship show on Sunday plus I got my mother's basement coming and you guys are going to want a VIP RSVP to that so look forward to that go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel tons of it YouTube shorts go check all that stuff out plenty of content to get lost in on the channel and tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at the Ridge ridge.com slash scripts or you guys can use code SCRIPTS at checkout for 10% off 
on anything that Ridge offers on their website, man. Go check them out. We'll talk about the Ridge a little bit later on in the show. Right here on the Elimination Chamber Post. WWE's on fire, man. I'm loving what we're seeing. Ariel Hawani was at the show tonight, too, and uh, WWE made uh, made it no secret that they disliked Tony Khan greatly. Lots of Tony Khan jabs by the WWE production team. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, let's start at the top, man. Sami Zayn returns home to Montreal. He's in the main event with Roman Reigns. We'll talk about that at the end, obviously, but we're going to start with the Women's Elimination Chamber match. This is the right to wrestle Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Asuka, Natalia, Carmella, and Nikki Cross. I thought this was a very good match. I thought all these women brought it tonight. I thought the crowd was into it, and I expected a lot worse because I don't really expect much from the Women's Elimination Chamber, period. But I thought all these women did fine in their roles tonight, and everybody looked good. It is so great to see Asuka getting main event-level reactions again. And it's so great to see Asuka finally start to ascend the Monday Night Raw women's roster and fight for a championship at WrestleMania. Especially with the current gimmick right now that is incredibly on fire right now. Everybody seems to love it. Everybody loves Asuka. It's it's like I said about Roman Reigns earlier. It's so great to see Asuka go from the dancing, laughing clown that Vince had portrayed on WWE television to what we see now as a serious threat. She's legitimately kooky. She's got a couple of screws loose. She's a fucking psycho clown, murder clown. Asuka, Kana, it's great. I love it. She's back on WWE TV in a prominent role. Triple H has made it a priority to turn Asuka back into exactly what she was while she was under his watch in NXT Black and Gold as the most dominant women's champion of all time. Asuka, over 900 days as NXT women's champion. That's exactly what you're getting here. She was the only outcome, the only logical winner here in the women's chamber. Liv Morgan is always a wild card, but she's not really factoring into anything right now going into WrestleMania. Raquel Rodriguez was also a dark horse. She, I thought, was the second odds-on favorite to win this match, but I don't think that she's ready this year. You will know when Raquel Rodriguez is ready. She's still green. She's still rough around the edges. She's not really over with the audience as she should be yet. There's still a lot of growing up to do there. Trust me, uh, if you guys are fans of Raquel Rodriguez and you have high hopes for Raquel, you will know because we felt that same exact way. that, That same exact way. As soon as Rhea Ripley joined Judgment Day and she got rolling with the gimmick and then Vince went away and Triple H took over, she started to settle into that role. She started to become a little bit more natural, a little bit more comfortable in her role. We, we kind of knew and we followed along. Yeah, Rhea Ripley's growing and growing and growing. Now she's there. Now she's there. She's on her way. She's on the verge of becoming the next biggest breakout star in the entire division. This is her year. Like Bianca, when she first won the Women's Championship a couple years ago at WrestleMania, this is Rhea's year. This is Rhea's year that Bianca had a couple years ago. No doubt about it. There's no other way about it. There's no other way to go. It's Rhea beating Charlotte at WrestleMania. 
And I feel like Bianca, you know, with Asuka now looming at WrestleMania, I don't know how you guys feel about Bianca. To me, she's getting a little stale as a babyface. Now, I don't think WWE is going to turn her into a heel or anything like that. I do think that she is a wet dream, a PR wet dream for WWE. They could have her go on talk shows and this and that. And, you know, they could uh, send Bianca Bella out there to do whatever type of interview she wants. And she could be a good face of the company. So I don't see WWE turning her uh, heel. But she's not really, to me, hitting it like... She should as a baby face. It's, it's, it's gotten kind of stale. Honestly, it's gotten kind of stale. That's just my opinion. But a match with Asuka. I know Bianca and Becky had some bangers. I honestly think this is going to be a banger at WrestleMania. And I do think Asuka should become the new Raw Women's Champion. That's just my opinion. Natalia and Liv Morgan were well, the first two to start it off. Liv got the advantage early on, sending Natalia into the chamber. They were going back and forth, and Natalia avoided a running attack as Liv went face first into the pod. Raquel came out at number three. She took down Natalia with a clothesline. She stacked both Natalia and Liv up in the corner. Big stinger splash in the corner. There was a spot where Raquel had both opponents caught, but Natalia moved uh, out of the way of. Whatever was going on, nailed a sunset bomb into the fence. So there was a inadvertent double-team face buster on Raquel, allowed Natalia to get a cover for a two-count. Out comes Nikki Cross at number four. She was in the pod wearing her jacket. She never took her jacket off. Nikki was just running all over the place. She was clotheslining everybody, and then she jumps on top of She jumps on top of Carmella's pod. She takes off her jacket, and then she starts slamming the jacket down on Carmella's pod. Carmella's looking like, oh, my God, this psychopath. Get her away from me. Carmella did her own gloating and her own taunting to Asuka throughout this thing, and she was the target of Asuka later on. So Nikki ran wild. She, like I said, climbed the pod, dove onto all three opponents who are already in the ring. So she dove on top of Natalia, Liv, and Raquel off of Carmella's pod with a crossbody. Carmella then comes out at number five and immediately locked herself back in the pod because she did not want to deal with Nikki Cross. Raquel took care of that problem. She busted through the plexiglass by driving Nikki Cross through it. That got a big pop from the crowd. Uh, Very similar to what Goldberg did to Chris Jericho, I believe, all those chambers ago. So then Nikki was covered by Carmella because she's seen an opening. She said, oh, shit, this woman just went through my pod. Raquel was down from the impact of the spear. Nikki had rolled back into the ring. And Carmella, she was the one smart enough to cover Nikki Cross, one, two, three. And Nikki was eliminated. The first one eliminated here. Liv climbs up to Asuka's pod and hits a sunset bomb off the top of the pod and Carmella uh, covered for a great near fall, uh, covered Carmella for a great near fall. Asuka was the final entrant. She went right after Carmella before facing off with Raquel. She locked Raquel in a octopus hold. Liv flew in with a missile drop kick. She went for a cover, got a two count. Carmella then stopped Liv from hitting Oblivion on Natalia. This allowed Natalia to lock on a sharpshooter. She would not tap. 
to the sharpshooter. Oscar comes over and gets the Oscar lock on Liv. So Liv is now in the Oscar lock and in the sharpshooter, and she would not tap. The referee stopped it. Liv passed out, and she was eliminated due to passing out. I don't think we'll see Liv Morgan actually tap out ever again. She's got this thing where she just holds on, holds on, holds on, and she just passes out. So Natalia went for the sharpshooter on Raquel, but Carmella cut her off with a super kick for a three-count. Series of kicks allowed both Asuka and Carmella to eliminate Raquel. So they were rapid-fire eliminations towards the end of this thing. That's the only part I didn't really like here. Uh, I usually like for things to breathe, but WWE went with some rapid-fire eliminations, and Raquel got eliminated in a uh, less-than-enthusiastic type of way. But uh, she was out of there. Asuka and Carmella were the final two, and I think at this point, as soon as Raquel was eliminated, you knew where WWE was going with this. Asuka was the one who applied the Asuka lock on Carmella, and that was it. Submission, Carmella taps out, and Asuka is going on to WrestleMania to wrestle Bianca Belair for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. Excellent. Excellent that Oscar won. I thought this was a very good women's elimination chamber. The only problem I had with it was the fact that there wasn't real uh, risk. There wasn't any craziness in this match. The rapid-fire eliminations towards the end, kind of like, eh. You know, you kind of knew where it was going to go. But other than that, they got the outcome right, and that's all I care about. Oscar's going on to WrestleMania against Bianca, and Oscar should absolutely become the new Raw Women's Champion. At WrestleMania. I think Bianca has kind of run through everybody on Monday Night Raw. There really isn't much for Bianca Belair to do. And I'm going to throw this one out at you. I'm going to throw this one out at you. I feel like after Monday Night Raw is over, after WrestleMania, if there is a draft, I don't know if the draft is going to happen on that Monday night after WrestleMania or it's going to happen sometime in the weeks leading to their Saudi show in May, there was a rumor of a WWE draft happening. I feel like when Bianca loses, if she loses, I think it's the right move to make. If Bianca loses the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship, she gets drafted over to SmackDown, and they put Bianca and Charlotte on the same brand and build to a Bianca and Charlotte match at next year's WrestleMania in Philadelphia. I feel like she's done everything that she can do on Monday night. She's ran through Bailey. She's ran through Becky. There really isn't anybody on Monday night. And I feel like if you move Bianca over to SmackDown, SmackDown's women's division needs some priority. I feel like if you move Bianca over to SmackDown, keep Charlotte on SmackDown, Rhea Ripley beats Charlotte at WrestleMania to win the SmackDown Women's Championship, you already got a great division spearheaded by Rhea, Charlotte, and Bianca Belair, with Rhea being the world champion. And Rhea, Bianca... That's a match that should have taken place on Monday night. You move Bianca over to SmackDown with Rhea Ripley winning the SmackDown Women's Championship from Charlotte WrestleMania. You got that match ready and waiting to happen only on the blue brand instead of Monday Night Raw. That's what I'm doing. And Asuka could be the leader of Monday Night Raw. We could get Asuka Becky Lynch again. We could get Asuka Bailey. Maybe we get some call-ups. Maybe we get some surprises on Monday Night Raw. But there really needs to be a priority to even out the Raw and SmackDown women's divisions because right now, Raw is here and SmackDown is shit. So that's what I feel like is going to happen. 
But Oscar is absolutely the right way to go about it. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. One-on-one with Brock Lesnar. This was the third match in their series of matches. With a Bobby Lashley eliminating Brock Lesnar in a Royal Rumble thrown in there before the Elimination Chamber tonight. I said this about Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Match number one sucked. Match number two was worse. Then we got the Royal Rumble elimination and Brock made it all about himself. Ha ha ha, you're going to eliminate me from the Royal Rumble. I'm going to make my Royal Rumble elimination that much more memorable. Then we got this match tonight. And just like match number one and match number two, this was fucking terrible. I don't know who you guys are. I don't know what your likes or dislikes are. I I don't know what your taste is in professional wrestling. I get that this is sports entertainment. I was not sports entertained by this. In fact, I was actually turned off more than I was in match number one and match number two with the way that this match was laid out. And then the finish and how that was executed. This was fucking terrible. Everything about this is legitimately channel-changing garbage. Get off my TV garbage. Awful. I don't know how you guys like this. Oh, but it's awesome, JD. I was entertained, JD. I like this, man. The crowd loved it. I didn't. Tough shit. I get that Brock Lesnar is as lazy as they come. I do. And I get that Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar is not supposed to be a fucking Mr. Perfect Bret Hart 1993 King of the Ring classic. I get it. Believe me. But if you genuinely believe that this is the best that Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar are capable of, you are a dim-witted fucking idiot. This is not the best that they're capable of. They're not. There's so much better than this. Bobby Lashley was on a run of a lifetime in WWE, the best run that he's ever had in his life while he was WWE champion. This is the best that we got. He was putting on bangers with Rollins and Austin Theory for the United States Championship. And this, the fucking mega of all opponents, the alpha of all opponents, this is the best he's got. Spear F5, Spear F5, Spear F5. Hurt lock. Kick to the balls. DQ. I shit you not. I shit you not. That is legitimately the entire match. I might have missed one F5 in there. But if you think that this is the best that these guys got, you're a fool. How long have we waited for this match? How long? How long has Bobby Lashley wanted this match? With Brock Lesnar. 10 years, 15 years. How, how long has he wanted? Ever since, ever since Bobby Lashley stepped into a fucking octagon, he's wanted this match. He wanted Lesnar standing across either an octagon or a pro wrestling ring with him. How could he be pleased with this? How is you as a fan can be pleased with this? I know I'm not. That was basically the match. Everything I just told you. F5, Spear, or Spear, F5, Spear, F5, Spear, F5. That's it. Kick to the balls, disqualification. Ding, 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 and then chaos happened at the end of the match. 
where Lesnar F5'd the referee. He F5'd Bobby Lashley through the table. Blah, 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 blah. We leave it open for WrestleMania. It's basically what it was. Brock Lesnar is as lazy as they come, and honestly, I am sick and tired of Brock Lesnar taking the cheap way out. He's nothing more than a fucking... He's nothing more than an attraction that isn't really attracting anything. Three minutes. You, you might as well just save me the fucking time. You should have given three minutes more to Roman and Sammy. You should have given three minutes more to the fucking women in the chamber. What the fuck did we need this for? What are you excited about here? Oh, this is a mega match. A WrestleMania match for the making. They sucked in the first match. The match in the second go-around sucked. The third match sucked. This one is going to suck even worse at WrestleMania. Because that's exactly where we're going. The only positive to this, and I mean this wholeheartedly because I don't really want to see it, because I don't know how Bray Wyatt escapes this looking good. The only thing positive out of this is that this match ended the way that it did, and Bray Wyatt on SmackDown called out the winner of this match, which I'm assuming now is Bobby Lashley, I guess. But Brock Lesnar seemingly still has a problem with Bobby Lashley. We, have, we may have been saved from a Bray Wyatt-Bobby Lashley-WrestleMania match. Or, or a Bray Wyatt-Brock Lesnar-WrestleMania match. I hope. To be honest with you, I don't know where the fuck Bray Wyatt's going into WrestleMania. I don't see Edge having an opponent right now after tonight. I thought Finn Balor was going to be his opponent. Why not book Edge versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania? Seems like a solid match to go there. Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley never made any sense. And Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar never made any sense. It's just booking a match to make it, oh, ooh, ah, for the internet marks out there. Meanwhile, I don't expect anything from a Bray Wyatt-Brock Lesnar match, and neither should you. Why would you get excited about that? Whoever walks out, whoever walks out, Brock Lesnar, I guess, walked out. That doesn't mean we're done with Bobby Lashley and Brock. You think, Brock, you think Bobby Lashley's going to have uh, this be, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, Brock got one uh, over on me. You think the way that that ended, Bobby Lashley's going to say, yeah, you know what, I think I'm done with Brock Lesnar. Again, I don't know where they're going, and to be quite honest with you, to be quite honest with you none of it is, is exciting at all. None of it is exciting. This match sucked. Everything about this match sucked. Lesnar hit the official with an F5, smashed Lashley, Lashley with another F5, and then he flung Lashley through the table with another F5, and then he put the referee through the table, carnage, the table scraps, with another F5. Horrible. I could sit here and tell you this match sucked to kingdom come. I don't want to see it again. And I just have a feeling we're going to get this match again at WrestleMania. And there are some geeks out there that want Gunther and Brock Lesnar as a WrestleMania match. For what? We should be graced with Gunther at least in a 20-minute banger at WrestleMania. You want Gunther to go in there against Brock Lesnar and have what? A five-minute match? Give me a break. I know Gunther wants Lesnar, but I don't want Lesnar anywhere near a major match at WrestleMania. I I don't care. I don't really care. This shit sucks. Ariel Helwani. He was in the crowd. The shill. The biased journalist that Ariel Helwani is. He's out there in the crowd. And he's with George St. Pierre. 
And he's in the crowd there. And Michael Cole says that Ariel Hawani asks the tough questions. He's a journalist, an unbiased journalist that asks the tough questions, whether you want to answer them or not. Man, oh man, they are really ragging on good old TK tonight. And they did it on the pre-show as well. Ariel Hawani did it himself on the pre-show. And then Michael Cole exit on and adds some more fuel to the fire. Sure, Tony Khan is going to say something or have someone say something on AEW in rebuttal to Ariel Hawani. There was a rumor going around that WWE was going to start doing some Hollywood vignettes because WrestleMania is going Hollywood for WrestleMania 39. And that's exactly what they kicked off tonight. Now, I'm going to be interested to see who goes into the Hall of Fame. Usually, usually WWE announces who goes into the Hall of Fame on the Raw after the Elimination Chamber. And I wonder if Triple H is going to have a complete 100% say in who goes into the Hall of Fame. It's going to be interesting to see on Monday night. But we got these Hollywood vignettes starting off tonight with the WrestleMania Goes Hollywood theme. And they add Seth Rollins doing the famous Joker dancing scene done by Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker movie. And he's outside. He's doing the same dance on the same outdoor staircase. And he's jumping in some rainwater, a puddle of water. And Becky Lynch, his wife, of course, showed up. And she's in this very Batman-esque voice. She's in this very Christian Bale-like voice. And she asked what he's doing in this Batman-like voice. He says he can't stop thinking about WrestleMania. Becky said, no one can. Maybe, uh, do I have my sound effect here? Let me see. No one can. And then she asked, What's up with your face paints? <laughs> Seth said it was exfoliating his face. He asked, What's up with her voice? She said, It's from the man cave. He says he didn't realize that they had a man cave. You didn't think we had a man cave because I'm the man. <laughs> I would have rather I would have rather seen Becky Lynch play Gollum. They should have recreated Lord of the Rings. And fucking Seth Rollins could have been uh I don't know, he could have been Aragon from Lord of the Rings, or uh he could have played Gimli or fucking Legolas or Wizard. I, I mean That's exactly what I wanted to see. I mean Seth Rollins as Batman was great, or, or as the Joker, rather, is great. He had the face paint going on. He, he had the jacket. He had the mannerisms down. He had the cackle down, the laugh, right? He had the whole, the whole spiel down. Then we get Becky Lynch as Batman. That didn't work for me, bro. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Becky Lynch as Batman didn't rub me the right way, bro. It came off lame. It was cringe. Uh, I appreciate the fact that they're doing these vignettes, but I mean, 
they, they really aren't off to the hottest start with these vignettes. Now, we saw a sneak peek of what they got going on. They got, they got Roman Reigns in the bloodline reenacting uh, a scene from Goodfellas. You think I'm funny? You laughing at me like a clown? You think I'm funny? They, they got that whole scene going on. They got the 40-year-old virgin with the brawling brutes, right? Where um, he's uh, laying down on the table and he's getting his chest waxed. They got that scene. And they got a bunch of others. Should be cool to see what they got going on. We may see some tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw as well. But expect these scenes to be playing out as we go into WrestleMania. They're already off on the wrong foot, man. And it feels like whatever they did in the past is going to remain the upper echelon, the creme de la creme, the uh, top of the WrestleMania Hollywood vignettes. They're going to try and top what they did, but I don't think it's going to be possible. Moving on, we got Edge and Beth Phoenix against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio out there in Judgment Day's Corner. So, Balor and Ray Ripley came out to the other side by Alter Bridge. This was a battle of Alter Bridge themes. What song do I like better? I like the other side better than I do Metalingus. Then we got Edge and Beth Phoenix coming out, and the crowd in Montreal were singing along to Miles Kennedy and Alter Bridge, man. It felt like I was at a fucking concert. So good. I love it. It's a goosebump moment for me because it's exactly what you see when you go see them live in concert. That. And it's great. And I said this on Twitter, man. You know, that's a goosebump moment for me because of how important the band is to me and being that Miles is my favorite lead singer. But when Edge retires, man, I'm throwing this out there. And I know I've said this before. When Edge retires and it's his last WrestleMania ever, Edge should absolutely have Alter Bridge play him to the ring and play that song at WrestleMania. And then you should induct Alter Bridge into the Hall of Fame. Because they have been such an iconic band for not only Edge, but the WWE, honestly. Because Judgment Day could be looked at as the second best group in all of WWE. They use their theme music. And then Edge, I mean, Edge's presentation and Edge's theme music is just embroiled in Alter Bridge, to be honest with you. So that's what I would do. I mean, hopefully we get that because uh, I think the man deserves it, to be honest with you, and I'd love to see it because I'm such a big fan of the band. But this was a fun match. This was a fun match. I really enjoyed this match. The heat in this match was great. Dominic and the heat that he got in this match was great. There were several fuck you Dominic chants in this match. Beth Phoenix, happy to see her back, man. You know, I wasn't the biggest Beth Phoenix fan back in the day. Always appreciated her talent. Always appreciated what she brought to the table. But, man, she fits in like a glove, even with the current WWE women, man. She looks great. She moves around great in there. Her intensity is bar none, right? Top notch. She fits in with the current crop of women better than anybody we've seen before her. Better than Alita. Better than a Trish. She just, she's so great. Fits in perfectly with the current crop of women. Her and Rhea Ripley had a nice back and forth tonight. I'd love to see a one-on-one match eventually. Maybe we get that at some point at a later date. But I think at the end of tonight, this was served the way that it was because I do think that it's going to be a blow-off for WWE, Edge, Phoenix, and the Judgment Day. I hope so. 
unless we get something started again tomorrow with Edge challenging Austin Theory for the United States Championship and then Finn Balor ruining Edge's chances of winning the United States Championship, and they just rekindle that, and then they build to a match between Edge and Balor at WrestleMania, which I thought was the original plan. So we'll see what happens. But this match was fun, very entertaining, high energy, crowd was into it, but it was not as smooth as I expected it to be. With Edge and Balor in there, uh, there was a couple botches thrown in there. Nothing that was ultimately going to change my opinion of the match, but there was one spot with brass knuckles that we'll talk about in a little bit that completely was caught on camera and it looked like it looked like shit. There was a false finish in there that was supposed to be broken up by Beth Phoenix, and then everything just kind of kind of got uh, fucked up in the moment. So, Smash was good. I liked it very much. Fuck you, Dominic Chance. And Montreal was ripping into Dominic. So, typical mixed tag team rules here. Men versus men, women versus women. There was one spot where Beth Phoenix power bombs Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley did the same to Edge. Beth had some, I, I think it was Bull Nakano inspired, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen that floating around on social media. Bull Nakano inspired makeup by Beth Phoenix. Edge is out there. He's in there with Balor at the start. Beth and Rhea tagged in, so they had to get into the match. They tested strength. Then they're out on the floor. Beth whipped Rhea into the steel steps. Dominic causing some chaos on the outside. Interference allowed Rhea Ripley to trip up Beth on the top turnbuckle. Edge chased Dominic up the ramp, but he quickly returned out there to cause more trouble. Beth started a comeback with the DDT, but just as about, she was a make a tag or about to make a tag to Edge. Balor pulled Edge off the apron and hit a final cut on the floor. So then Beth comes back into the ring. They're up top, her and Rhea Ripley. Big superplex off the top rope. She reached Edge for the tag. Edge ran wild on Balor. They had this spot where Edge and Beth Phoenix locked on the educator on both opponents. Edge had Balor in the educator. Rhea was in the educator by Beth. Dominic all of a sudden jumps on the ring apron, has a pair of brass knuckles. Now Rhea's in the submission hold. And Dominic tosses the brass knuckles behind the referee's back to Rhea Ripley. She grabs the brass knuckles and she strikes Edge after she escapes this hold because Beth Phoenix let the hold go. And she struck Edge in the face with the brass knuckles. Balor seen this. He went to go cover Edge and the referee counted one, two, and then he stopped like he was going to count a two and a half. Edge did not kick out in time. Beth Phoenix was late to break up the pinfall, which she was supposed to do, so it was a timing issue. And all of a sudden, the referee stopped this count while Edge still had his shoulder on the mat and should have been counted three. It was a very awkward and late near fall. And a lot of people got disgruntled. You kind of heard, heard the crowd kind of get disgruntled a little bit. I looked away. I'm like, oh, that looked bad. That looked really bad. And obviously, it's floating around on social media, and it didn't look any better. I tried to watch it back four or five different times to see if Edge actually tried to get his shoulder up because he knew ahead of time, maybe, that his wife wasn't going to break up the pinfall. But it did not look any better the four or five times that I watched it. Very sloppy. 
very sloppy. It did not take away from the overall match, though, but it realistically should have been the ending of the match there with that spot. So after that, Balor climbed the top ropes. Beth tossed Dominic into the ropes, knocking Balor down off the top. Both women are now back at it, powerbombing both Balor and Edge, respectively. Double clothesline, everybody's down. Rhea set up Beth for a concerto on the outside. They placed Beth on the steel steps, and Rhea was about to do a concerto on the steel steps. Finn Balor in the ring had Edge captive, held, as he had to watch his wife go through the same thing that went down at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Beth escaped, hit the glam slam on Rhea Ripley. Back in the ring, Edge hit Edgecution, took out Dominic with a suicide dive. He runs back into the ring. Balor countered a spear into a sling blade. Edge fired up his spear after getting back up and then hit a shatter machine with his wife on Finn Balor. One, two, three, and that was it. Balor takes the pinfall. Edge and Beth Phoenix win with the finishing move that FTR used to call the shatter machine in WWE. Now, I've seen a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people online talking about, oh my God, FTR, FTR, they're on their way back to WWE. This is an indication that FTR is going back to WWE. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Why would FTR be on their way back to WWE because Edge and Beth Phoenix used the fucking shatter machine. I don't understand you people. The, 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 the IWC loves to just cause controversy and stir shit up out of nothing. Little do they know that when Edge was out with injury, the people that got Edge back in ring shape during the pandemic was both Dax and Cash, FTR. And they're like neighbors in North Carolina or they live in the same town. They're very good friends. So not only are they neighbors, Edge had trained with FTR. I believe WWE got a ring sent to Edge for him to train in North Carolina. And then they sent both Dax and Cash to go train with Edge to get him back into ring shape. And it was just a friendly nod. Hey, I appreciate what you guys have done for me. Thank you. It's not FTR going back to WWE. It's not that we're getting the revival back. Tribalistic fanboy garbage is all that it was. Stop. FTR is still contracted employees to AEW, and we don't know where they are going to end up. They could very well go to WWE. I don't think that's the best move for them. But if they end up going to WWE or staying with AEW, who gives a shit? Whoever gets them is getting probably the best tag team on the planet. Who cares? Be grateful. But right now they can't go anywhere. They are contracted to AEW at least through April. Stop. This was a fun match. I don't know if this served as a blow-off. Certainly felt like a blow-off to me. Don't know why Edge and Beth Phoenix need any more resolution here against Judgment Day. But if it's not a blow-off, I do think we get Balor 
and Edge at WrestleMania inside Hell in a Cell, as it was rumored for the Royal Rumble. We get Demon Balor back. We get Brood Edge at WrestleMania inside Hell in a Cell. Kind of fits the whole theme, Hell in a Cell. Maybe we see Balor ruin Edge's chances tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw against Austin Theory in the United States title to kind of kickstart this again, and Judgment Day's not done with Edge. But if they are done, which, like I said, this really did serve as a blow-off, where does Balor go into WrestleMania, and where does Edge go into WrestleMania? It seemingly feels like they are destined to be together going into WrestleMania. What does Balor do at WrestleMania? I don't know. What does Edge do at WrestleMania? Are we looking at Edge versus John Cena at WrestleMania? Is Edge going to win the United States Championship tomorrow night and wrestle John Cena at WrestleMania? Or is he going to win the United States Championship and then defend the title against Finn Balor at WrestleMania? And Austin Theory gets John Cena at WrestleMania without the United States Championship on the line. I don't know. Certainly looked like a blow-off to me. They did everything that they needed to do. They accomplished what they needed to. They beat Judgment Day. So we'll find out tomorrow on Monday Night Raw. We got more questions than answers than anything here. Moving on. United States Championship match. Elimination Chamber. Austin Theory. Seth Rollins. Johnny Gargano. Damian Priest. Bronson Reed. And Montez Ford. This was for the United States Championship. And this was the second best thing on the show this evening. Like I said, this was one of the best Elimination Chamber matches in company history. Right here. Awesome. Everybody shined. Austin Theory looked great. Seth Rollins looked great. Johnny Gargano was Johnny Wrestling tonight. Pulled off a tremendous spot that I thought he killed himself on. Damian Priest looked great. Bronson Reed looked great in defeat. And it took everybody hitting their finishing move on Bronson Reed to pin him. Which I'm okay with. Because it didn't take one finishing move. It took four. And then Montez, absolutely superstar performance by Montez Ford, gave WWE all the reason to break up the Street Profits and push Montez Ford as a solo act. Love it. Logan Paul interfered in this thing, and we'll get to him in a second because he set up his match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania in what I thought was a spectacular spot at the end of this match. Rollins and Gargano kicked things off. They started number one and two here in the men's chamber. Remember, remember when Vince McMahon used to treat the United States Championship like shit. Remember when Vince McMahon never wanted to really give any spotlight to the United States Championship. Not on Raw, not on SmackDown, not on a pay-per-view. It was always looked at as a hassle. It was always looked at as, ah, it's just another title. Meanwhile, Triple H has Gunther on a run of a lifetime as the Intercontinental Champion. And this match for the United States Championship was probably the best United States Championship match. This is the best that the United States Championship has looked ever in WWE. Ever. You would not think that the United States Championship was this important. Triple H certainly has made it important. Mid-card titles, secondary titles should be just as important as the world titles. Because it's basically whoever you gift these championships to, that is to the fans who's going to be next in line. That's the future. The next level main event guys. 
Gunther is going to be a, a world champion in WWE. Eventually, Austin Theory is the future of the company. That's what you're looking at. And they should be booked accordingly. And that's what Triple H is doing here. And that's what this match served as. Excellent. Rollins teased an early pedigree. Gargano escaped, landed a spear through the ropes. Theory was actually third to come in. I thought they were going to save him for a little bit later in the, in the match, but he was number three coming in there. He used the chamber to beat down both Rollins and Gargano. Rollins and Gargano then kind of went back and forth with Austin Theory with some strikes. Theory at one point tried to rekindle some alliance with Johnny Gargano and started asking him to, listen, listen, let's team up. They don't give a shit about us. They're, they're singing this guy's theme song. Remember the way? Remember what we did in NXT? Let's, let's do that here on uh, Elimination Chamber. Let's get back together. Johnny Gargano said no. He wasn't having any of it. Theory tried to lock himself into a pod after Gargano slapped the shit out of him. Rollins and Gargano trapped him inside, beat him up. He had thought that he locked the door in the pod, but Rollins opened up the other side of the pod and then he got beaten down in there, two-on-one by Gargano and Seth Rollins. Damian Priest came in next. He ran wild on everybody. Flatliner on Gargano. Kill switch on Rollins. Both got near falls. Priest did a step-up dive on Theory, which looked like it hurt. And it sucked for Austin Theory. Landed right on his ribcage. And Priest looked down at Theory saying, oh, shit, bro, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I'm in here. So, Rollins gets up. He cuts off Priest with a superplex into a Falcon Arrow for a two-count. That looked great. Always loved that move by Seth Rollins. Reed entered the match. Now, he's in. Reed entered the match. He took everybody out like fucking Godzilla. He hit a double Samoan drop on both Rollins and Gargano. Bounced Priest off the pod. And he speared Damian Priest into the pod. Now, when Raquel Rodriguez speared Nikki Cross into the pod in the opening match for the ladies inside the chamber, that shit broke easily. How this plexiglass did not break when Bronson Reed speared Damian Priest through it, I, I have no fucking clue. I have no clue. I don't know what the fuck that glass was made out of, but you got somebody like Bronson Reed running with Damian Priest into the fucking pod, and it doesn't break? Oh, my goodness. Maybe it was supposed to break, and it didn't. I have no fucking clue. But it did not break. It did not break. Reed then landed a diving shoulder tackle on Austin Theory off the top rope. I didn't know what the fuck he was playing. He went up to the top rope. He was looking at Theory, who was on the outside of the ring. I didn't know what he was doing. He flies off with a shoulder tackle. Montez Ford is the last guy to come in. We got all six guys in there now. Not one elimination yet. And he stopped Reed's offense, planted Theory with a spine buster. He went for a people's elbow. He was doing suck it out there. He was doing a people's elbow. And Reed leveled him with a fucking clothesline that took his head off. There was this spot where Gargano was on Reed's shoulders. Rollins landed a diving clothesline. And it turned Gargano into a reverse Rana on Reed. So just picture Johnny Gargano on the shoulder of Bronson Reed with Seth Rollins climbing to the top rope, flying off with a clothesline. That levels Gargano off of Bronson Reed's shoulders, and he nails a fucking poison rana on Bronson Reed. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Excellent spot. 
Ford seen this. He went right for a cover on Bronson Reed, got a two count. Ford climbed the cage to escape Damian Priest and then continued to climb up until he was hanging upside down on top of the very top of the cage. And he was looking down on all five guys. He jumped off the fucking cage and he jumped on top of everybody, falling onto everybody. Crowd was insane. Holy shit. Holy shit, I believe Lindsay Dorado did this at one point years ago, did the same thing inside the Elimination Chamber. Awesome. Ford, Rollins, Gargano, these were the guys that nailed all of their finishing moves on Bronson Reed. Ford hit the frog splash, Rollins hit the curb stomp, Gargano hit the one final beat, and then that was it for Bronson Reed. He got finished with everybody's finishing move here. Rollins counted a slingshot by climbing the chamber, and he and Gargano ended up on the top of the pod together. It was this nice little moment of respite. And they were sitting there like they were sitting out on their front lawn in their rocking chairs, having a fucking glass of whiskey on the rocks. And they were asking each other, hey, how you doing, man? How you doing? You doing all right? That's great, man. Yeah, that's life, you know? And then Rollins all of a sudden just fucking knife-edge chops Gargano. And that's the end of that little fucking camaraderie on top of the pod. And Rollins beat Gargano down. And then put him in a powerbomb position off the, off the pod. He was about to powerbomb Gargano off the pod. This led to one of the wildest spots of the entire night where Gargano countered this powerbomb into a hurricane rana, sending Rollins flying off the pod onto everybody else down below, onto Ford, onto Damian Priest, and onto Austin Theory. Ridiculous spot. Ridiculous spot. How Gargano was alive after that, I don't know. All I heard was a fucking clash of a body hitting the pod, and it looked like Gargano's face hit the fucking pod on the way down. Ridiculous. So Gargano's up. He's landing super kicks on everybody. He hits one final beat on Austin Theory on the outside. Priest cut him off, hit a razor's edge, and eliminates Johnny Gargano. I was sad. I was sad. Johnny Gargano was eliminated from the Elimination Chamber. I thought he was going to be a solid choice to win the United States Championship. Not tonight. Rollins cut Ford off. Rollins and Ford, rather, cut Priest off. Doomsday blockbuster, just like the Street Profits would usually do, for another elimination, and he was eliminated. Rollins and Ford traded strikes. So with Damian Priest out, we got Rollins, Ford, and Theory. So they're trading strikes in the middle of the ring. Ford... Wiped out both Rollins and Theory with dives. He had this boost of adrenaline. He went for a frog splash on Theory, got the knees up. Rollins hit the stomp. Theory covered Ford, and Ford was eliminated. Now, the curb stomp that Seth Rollins got on Montez Ford, he was leaning on the ropes and leaning on the ropes to a point where his face was on the outside of the ring, where the steel grate should be in the elimination chamber. Now that's covered up with pads, right? So he got curb stomped onto that. He nailed, did Rollins, Ford face first on the outside of the elimination chamber. And I thought Montez Ford was hurt here. He sold this shit like he was trying to win a fucking, an Academy Award. Everybody thought he was hurt. We got one referee checking in on him. They open up the cage. We got fucking officials and referees out there. Medical staff out there. This guy's fucking spaghetti-legged. He can't stand up. He's got this glazed look on his face. It looked like he got legitimately fucked up. And then all of a sudden, they try to stand him up, and he can't 
He can't stand up on his own. He's fucking wiggling his legs. He fucking almost collapses on the stairs going outside the chamber. All of a sudden, we see Logan Paul show up in this bright yellow fucking shirt. How Seth Rollins didn't see who the fuck this was when he was setting up to curb stomp Theory to win the match, I have no fucking idea. Maybe he is blind? I don't know. He did not see Logan Paul legitimately standing there right in front of him, waiting for him on the ring apron. He looked over at him and didn't fucking even flinch. He went right back to looking at Austin Theory. All of a sudden, Logan Paul jumps into the fray and he clotheslines, clotheslines Seth Rollins. And that was enough for Rollins to hit, uh, or, or Logan Paul rather, Nailing Rollins, Theory, he gets up and hits A-Town down, one, two, three, and Rollins loses, thanks to Logan Paul. So Logan Paul's in there, and he does a buckshot, hits a clothesline. Theory sees this, takes advantage, hits A-Town down, and retains the United States Championship. Now, they set up for Rollins and Logan Paul at WrestleMania, which is fine. It's great. But as soon as Logan Paul came in, as soon as Logan Paul came into the match, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that door is fucking open for a long-ass time. Logan Paul's showing up. He's in the fucking cage. I'm like, all right, Montez Ford is fine. Montez Ford sold the fucking living shit out of that curb stomp. What a fucking sell job by Montez Ford. As soon as you see a lot of people, is Montez Ford hurt? What's going on? Is that legitimate? As soon as Logan Paul showed up, you knew it was all a huge ploy to keep the door open, get him in the match, and then really sell the shit out of Montez Ford and develop some sympathy for Montez Ford. Good. Good. You could have went any way with this, man. You could have went any way with this. Bronson Reed could have won the United States title. I would have been okay with it. Damian Priest could have won the United States championship. I would have been okay with it. Rollins could have won the United States championship, though I would have kind of liked that less than the other guys. I would have been okay with it. Does Austin Theory need the United States Championship to go against John Cena at WrestleMania? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But if you guys have been paying attention to Austin Theory, his thing has been the champ is here. Really? You're going to say that and use those words. Obviously, you're going to need the United States Championship if you're going to keep egging John Cena on indirectly. Johnny Gargano could have won the United States Championship. Montez Ford could have won the United States Championship. Any one of these guys could have won the match tonight. But they went with Austin Theory. Austin Theory's their guy. Austin Theory's going to take the United States Championship in the Monday Night Raw tomorrow night against Edge. What happens there, I don't know. That could go either way. But more than likely, he's going to take the United States Championship into WrestleMania and defend that title against John Cena. And he's going to beat John Cena at WrestleMania because there's no reason why Austin Theory is going into WrestleMania against John Cena and not coming out on top and being stamped as the future of the company. Not only is the United States champion, the greatest United States champion of all time, beating the greatest United States champion of our generation in John Cena in WWE, but by becoming the future of the company by beating John Cena as well in a match at WrestleMania. That's it. This was excellent. This was excellent. Montez looked fantastic. Superstar performance. Johnny Gargano brought back that Johnny wrestling persona that we desperately need on Monday night. Montez Ford is going to be a megastar. Bronson Reed, he looked great in there for the time that he was in there, showing you his power, showing you his strength, taking legitimately everybody's finishing move to fucking take a pinfall, which was a great way to book him out of there. 
because it wouldn't have made any other sense otherwise. Excellent match. One of the best Elimination Chamber matches of all time. Easy. 32 minutes, these guys went in there and fucking killed it. Loved it. Then we get into the main event. Undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn in the main event, in the Bell Center, in Montreal. Absolutely incredible. This entire match was absolutely incredible from top to bottom, from start to finish. I I don't even know where to begin with this. I, I really don't. Roman Reigns actually was introduced first. This was a shocker to me. Roman Reigns actually was introduced first in this case. Now, that was a bold decision. Because Roman Reigns and everything that Roman Reigns has done as world champion has been fucking meticulous. Very, very meticulous. For him to come out first on this night to give Sammy that last reaction... That championship-like reaction. I wonder, I'm very curious to know who made that decision. Because Roman Reigns coming out first in this type of match is a a rarity. And I was very shocked by seeing Sami Zayn come out second. Because they've done everything right with Roman Reigns as world champion. Roman came out first. His theme music is, uh, is obviously playing on the PA. The fuck you Roman chants were so loud... They were, at times, louder than his music. They were singing, ole, ole, fuck you, Roman. It was an absolutely electric atmosphere that I cannot even begin to describe to you here on the show. Reminded me of 2011 CM Punk John Cena in Chicago at Money in the Bank. It reminded me of Rock and Hogan, WrestleMania 17. It reminded me of Rob Van Dam, John Cena at at, uh, One Night Stand in 2006 at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. My second favorite pay-per-view of all time, One Night Stand. Two. Unbelievable. If Cena wins, we riot. There was even a, if Roman wins, we riot sign in the crowd tonight. This was incredible. Roman's in there. He's standing there. He's soaking this shit all in. I I mean, I envy Roman Reigns, man. To feel that type of hatred in that type of setting, knowing knowing that you are absolutely the most hated man in the fucking building right now because of this match. I mean, that shit, that shit fucking gets me excited. I love that type of energy. Like, if, if Roman is getting that type of energy, man, you know that you are in the right place at the right time. You know that you are doing something right. He's standing there. He's fucking looking around. He's soaking it all in. He's, he's smirking. He loves it. He, he lives to this shit. It really just personified what Roman Reigns was in that moment, man. And I said it in the beginning of the show. You, you go look at the, the, the Roman that Vince McMahon tried to fucking manufacture in WWE. This baby face, superhero. I need to create John Cena for this generation like Roman Reigns. Coming right out of the shield. Not changing his theme. Not changing his ring attire. 
They basically wanted you to take Roman Reigns as is out of the shield. This is our guy. And they shoved him down your throat every week, win after win after win, WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania, Rumble after Rumble. This is our guy. It backfired so badly that WWE was actually harming Roman Reigns more than they were doing good for him. I think back to when Roman was that Roman. I'm looking at this Roman, and I'm like, holy shit, look at where Roman came from, bro. Look at where Roman came from. If we got that Roman in this match tonight, if we got if we got Roman in that match with John Cena, that one match that they had before the last one at SummerSlam, that first match at No Mercy, I think it was, I, I forgot what year it was. It was No Mercy. It was uh, that same event that Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar wrestled for the world championship. If we got that Roman Reigns that was rattled at no mercy in basic back and forth promo class with John Cena. Imagine that Roman in this environment with Sami Zayn in front of this crowd. All the trials, all the tribulations, all the struggle, all the hatred that we had for Roman Reigns over all those years built this Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns now is absolutely the greatest final boss. 2017. Thank you, chat. No mercy, 2017. Roman Reigns is easily the greatest final boss in WWE history. There is nobody better right now. Nobody. He's on top of his game. So much so that after tonight, you know, if you asked me who's going to win at WrestleMania, I don't know. I don't know. WWE wants you to think Cody has a shot, but we don't really know. Does he have a shot? Sure he does. It's Cody Rhodes. It's great. But do you honestly think that WWE would willingly just take anybody and put them over Roman Reigns? For all we know, WWE doesn't want Roman Reigns to lose ever. They love hyping up the fact that he's not been pinned for three years. He's 903 days as fucking champion. We don't know for, for, for a fact that Cody's going to win. For all we know, Roman's going to beat Cody. And we're going to get some other moment for Cody Rhodes. Unbelievable. The electricity in this venue, in this thing, unbelievable. Sami Zayn came out, worlds apart, played, huge ovation. Unbelievable reaction for Sami Zayn. He went around ringside, he hugged his wife, he seemed to be on the verge of fucking crying when he walked out there, he just tried to soak it all in. I'd love to know what Sami Zayn was thinking when he walked through that curtain. It, it looked like he was trying to hold himself together tonight in every, in every aspect. He wanted to fucking cry, listening to that crowd just shower him with love tonight. When Sami was introduced, the referee had to hold him back, he was ready to go at Roman. Fuck you, Roman chance broke out. We didn't get it bleeped out tonight. We didn't get it bleeped out like we got it bleeped out on SmackDown. Reigns laughed at the fuck you Roman chance. He laughed it off. Michael Cole had quite the statistic here, man. He said that Bruno Sammartino held the WWF championship for eight years. His reign ended by Ivan Koloff. Ended an eight-year reign of Bruno San Martino. Ivan Koloff was from Montreal. He said Sami Zayn will be trying to do the same to Roman Reigns here tonight. This also mirrors Daniel Bryan in WWE as well. WWE 
has vast similarities between Sami Zayn and the Sami movement with Daniel Bryan and the Yes movement going into WrestleMania 30. They're not exactly the same, but they are quite similar. Bell rang. Fans are singing Ole. Love it. It's one of my favorite chants in all of pro wrestling, man. There's nothing better than a nice Ole chant. Bell rang. Fans are fucking on their feet crazy for this thing. One of the biggest matches in Montreal's history. Sammy and Roman stared at each other. Sammy was talking. Roman's, Roman was just standing in place listening. He was almost frozen from, from all of the reaction. Sammy looked around. Fans applauded. They took a while to let this sink in. They let everything just play out. And I didn't mind that at all. This is something that you don't really see in pro wrestling. You don't get this type of reaction every week. You, you, rarely, you rarely get this once a year, man. It's, this is a once-in-a-lifetime type of reaction. This is a once-in-a-lifetime type of story. You need to milk that for every fucking penny that you could get out of it. Milk it for all that it's worth because I don't know when the next time you're going to see it is. You don't get a reaction like this. I Honestly, I think the last time we got a reaction like this was Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement. Before that, it was probably, you know, the other mentions that I mentioned. CM Punk in, in Chicago against John Cena. We got Rob Van Dam against John, John Cena at One Night Stand. Hulk Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17. I mean, they are very thrown about. I mean, there's, there's a wide, wide, you know, in-between these types of moments. And it's not something that happens every time. So I didn't mind that they soaked this shit in for a little bit. But when they started, they got down to business. They got down to business and they went right at it. So Reigns left his corner, circled Sammy. They went for a uh, lockup. And they kind of, very academic at the start. Side headlock, Reigns shoved Sammy into the ropes, landed an elbow, gloated a little bit. Started flipping off the fans. Sammy then tossed Roman, who charged at him out to the floor. Flipped, dove onto him over the top rope like he usually do, like he usually does with his suicide dive. We go back into the ring. Sammy punched away at Reigns. Barrage of punches here in the corner. They were counting one, two, three, all the way up into ten into the corner. Punches in the corner. Then he started just going at it, and they 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 just erupted because Sammy was unleashing blows on Sam, on uh, on Roman Reigns in the corner. So. Reigns, he is in trouble early. Sammy leaps off the ropes with a flying elbow drop. Very reminiscent of Bret Hart. Gets a one count on Roman Reigns. Reigns then fights away at Sammy. Punch Sammy out of midair. And we started getting Sammy on the defensive early on. Reigns brushed off Sammy's chops. Then yelled at the fans asking if all they got is a couple of Sammy chants. That's all you got? I came all the way to Montreal. This is your guy. That's all you got is Sammy chants? Roman is a fucking beast. Roman shitting on the crowd in Montreal knowing that he is the hated, the most hated man in the industry right now. He's still shitting on the crowd. He don't give a fuck. Roman is a man of zero fucks. I love it. True boss-like energy is Roman Reigns. So, crowd chanted, Roman sucks, Roman sucks. Sammy fought back. Reigns dropped him again with some uppercuts, vicious ones. Reigns yelled down at Sammy's wife, telling Sammy's wife that he wanted her life to be better and he wanted to provide for her. And Sammy, beast. Love it. This guy's giving fucking Sammy's wife on the outside a nice verbal lashing from the ring. Great. He beat up Sammy at ringside right in front of his wife. He had some... 
words for his wife and his family that was sitting front row. She talked back at him. I don't remember what she said to him. Reigns then beat up Sammy in front of his dad, who was also on the front row. Back in the ring, Sammy caught Reigns with a clothesline. He stood and punched away at Reigns, landed another big clothesline, knocked Reigns over the top rope with a third clothesline. Sammy went at Reigns at ringside. He threw Reigns back into the ring. He ran outside, kissed his wife, ran back into the ring to continue the offense on Roman. Climbed the second rope. Reigns got up, punched him in the face. Lesson learned there, Sammy. Don't kiss your wife in the middle of the biggest match of your fucking career. Kissing his wife cost him in that moment. Sammy went for a blue thunderbomb. Reigns blocked it. Slammed Sammy down with a urinagi. Two count. Sammy came back with an exploder in the corner. He played up to the crowd. This is where he's getting his momentum now. Charged up for a haluva kick. Reigns comes out of the corner. Explodes with a Superman punch for a near fall. Reigns setting up for the spear, looking to finish Sammy early. Sammy leapfrogged Roman Reigns. Reigns went right into the corner. He gave Reigns another exploder suplex, and he signaled for a Superman punch of his own, and he hit it. He hit it. Then he hit the Huluva kick, and Michael Cole screams, Do you believe in miracles? Sammy scored one of the closest near falls that I've ever seen. In all three years of Roman Reigns being undefeated, I legitimately thought that that could have been it. Sammy scored the most believable near fall in the history of Roman's title run right now. Sammy checked with the ref because it was so loud he didn't know if it was actually a two or a three. Reigns rolled out of the ring to regroup. Sammy went after him. He dove through the ropes. Reigns punched him out of midair, took another unnecessary dive. Sammy sidestepped Reigns, who charged in, threw him into the timekeeper's area, and Reigns goes through the barricade. So now we're really starting to fucking pick up the pace here, and Sammy is developing what could be a miracle right before our very eyes. Sammy avoided a Superman punch back in the ring, landed a blue thunderbomb, fucking absolutely thunderous reaction with the blue thunderbomb, man. I'm like, there it is. There's my move. I love the blue thunderbomb, man. I do. One of my favorite moves in all pro wrestling, especially when Sammy does it. My God, what a near fall. What a near fall. So at this point, Sammy is legitimately throwing everything at Roman Reigns. Reigns survives. Sammy pounding on the mat, going for another Superman punch. Sammy went for a back suplex. Reigns blocked it. He shoved Sammy into the referee. Sammy then gave Reigns a halluva kick. And the referee was down. So the referee got kind of sandwiched in the corner. And he sold the shit out of this. Sammy hits a halluva kick with the referee down. Fans are counting up to 10. This is over. Roman Reigns is about to lose the championship. Would have lost the championship. But the referee is out. No referee. Sammy went to go check on the referee. Ended up knocking him out to the floor. All of a sudden, Jimmy Uso showed up and super kicks Sammy three times, goes up to the top rope, lands a top rope, frog splash, and this is all but over. This is not looking good for Sammy Zayn. Jimmy rolled reins over to Sammy, draped his arm over him. Another referee comes out, counted one, two, and Sammy kicks out. The referee clearly saw Jimmy out there interfering and said nothing about it. Logic gap right there. I'm not saying that I have an overwhelming problem with it, 
But the second referee saw Jimmy in there doing what he's doing, and he didn't call him out. Not a good look for the referee. Both were down, slow to get up. We're about to end this thing. They got up on their knees and punched each other. They stood up. Reigns headbutted Sammy. Reigns trash-talked Sammy in the corner. Sammy fought back and avoided a Superman punch. When Jimmy tried to interfere again, Sammy knocked him down. He turned and ate a rain spear. Sammy kicked out. Sammy is somehow still surviving. Nobody understands how he's just surviving. So, Reigns sits up and told Sammy he tried to help him. This is how you repay me, he starts yelling at Sammy. He slapped Sammy, who was legitimately out on his feet. Sammy slapped him back. Reigns, he leaped with a Superman punch. Sammy ducked, and Reigns hit the referee instead. He then gave Sammy a Superman punch right after. Reigns stayed down next to Sammy, and it's a complete fucking mess out there, and it's just utter chaos. Paul Heyman's on the outside. He goes underneath the ring. He slides Roman Reigns a chair. Reigns held it up. Jay Uso entered the ring and stood between Reigns and Sammy. Reigns yelled at Jay, what the hell? Jay looked at Reigns. Reigns says, it's either me or him. Reigns offered Jay Uso the chair, the same way that he offered Sammy the chair at the Royal Rumble. Jay eventually gripped the chair with both hands. He turned to Sammy. Reigns turned his back to Jay. They made it seem like Jay was going to smash Roman in the back with the chair. Jay held the chair as fans watched on the edge of their seat. Heyman asked from the outside, what are you waiting for? Reigns yanked the chair from Jay Uso, took his hand and pie-faced Jay Uso right in the face. Sammy leapt at Reigns. Reigns moved, so Sammy speared Jay inadvertently. Reigns then bashed Sammy across the back with the chair several times. He bashed him over and over and over again, threw the chair away. Sammy struggled to stand up. He then collapsed. Reigns speared Sammy. The original ref, who was knocked out the first time, got back into the ring, counted one, two, three, and the crowd in Montreal deflated, heartbroken, saddened. Roman Reigns beats Sammy Zayn in an absolutely incredible main event to end the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. What a story. The fact that they had Jey Uso go through the same test as Sami Zayn in the Royal Rumble, or at the Royal Rumble, was tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. I didn't think they were going to replay that same story. They did, and I was waiting with fucking anticipation, waiting with bated breath, And they did not pull the trigger on that. And that is legitimately the only problem that I have coming out of this this match, which I thought was absolutely a sheer, brilliant performance by everybody. Production, in execution, in ring, the way everything played out. The post-match happenings here, obviously with KO, Coming to save the day. KO came out. Jimmy was punching away at Sammy. Kevin Owens' music played. He came out. Jimmy met him in the aisle. He attacked Roman Reigns. Jimmy re-entered the ring. KO gave him a stunner. KO then gave Jimmy a pop-up powerbomb through the announce desk. Owens grabbed the chair, brought it into the ring with him. Heyman, for some reason, he went to go attack KO. He ate a stunner. 
which I never seen Paul Heyman really take anything outside of an F5, so he got stunned. And KO gave him a stunner. Sammy delivered a halluva kick to Roman Reigns. His music played as KO dropped to ringside, eyed Sammy inside the ring. Fans sang Sammy's song, and KO walked to the back with the show going off the air. Now, obviously the post-match, after what we had seen with Sammy not winning the championships, the post-match was obviously set up in a way to give fans something to go home happy with. Sammy getting that halluva kick on Roman Reigns for good measure, even though he didn't win the title. Kevin Owens coming out as babyface help, his best friend out there, Kevin Owens, coming out to aid him in the beatdown by the bloodline. This, this was done to send the fans home happy, clearly. Paul Heyman not taking a bump really ever. You know, that was, I guess, the cherry on top of the cake to send the fans home happy with. That's the way I interpreted it. Paul Heyman doesn't take any bumps at all. So they really wanted to egg it on tonight. Sammy didn't win the title. We all know you wanted Sammy to win the title. We all know that, you know, Sammy is as hot as he's ever been. We're going to send you home happy. We're going to give you things that you should be happy with. He super kick or hello kicks Roman. KO comes out, saves him from the bloodline. KO spikes Paul Heyman with a stunner. They try to cover all their bases and send the crowd home happy. But the lack of Jay Uso here, all I was asking for, all I was really wanting to acknowledge here, where is Jay? What is Jay doing? Where is Jay's alliance? We did not get that at all tonight. And I honestly feel that WWE, instead of waiting for this to be pulled, the trigger to be pulled on week five, on week four going into WrestleMania, they needed to do it tonight. They needed to do it tonight. How you can execute a match that is absolutely near perfect in every aspect and then don't do the one thing that you are supposed to do. This is why I said in the beginning... I feel like WWE knew everyone, knew where this was going, and they did everything to sway you away from that, to go in a slightly different direction, to not give you what you wanted, because you knew what was coming was about to happen. I don't know why you would do that. Sounds like a Vince McMahon thing, if you ask me. The fans know too much. Let's swerve them. The fans know exactly what's coming. The fans think this is going to happen. Let's swerve them. No. Sometimes the fans, they know what's best, and that's what's best here. At the end of all of this, an incredible fucking match, an epic match that we will remember for a fucking lifetime. And we got more questions than answers and the one thing that they were supposed to do, the one thing that should have been done, was not done tonight. And we go into SmackDown now with Jey Uso not knowing where he is in the bloodline. Is he in or is he out? Is that going to have more of an effect? Is Jey Uso's decision going to have more of an effect now on the road to WrestleMania on a SmackDown than it would have had tonight on Elimination Chamber? No. Tonight, it needed to be done. The impact of it was going to be at its peak tonight. Now you've squandered that reaction. Now you've wasted that heat that Jay Uso could have garnered for himself tonight. And at that point, you now risk the fans turning on Cody legitimately for Sammy because all the fans are thinking now is, all right, this is unresolved. Sammy got fucked over. 
Jey Uso's nowhere to be found. KO hasn't really made his alliances known legitimately verbally to Sami Zayn, only in action. That could be taken any which way because Kevin Owens is a rogue. We don't know which way he's going. He's usually somebody that operates on his own. What WWE has done here is now take the simplest of things that need to be happening, and they made it a fucking problem for Cody Rhodes, who eventually could be booed now. And now the fans are wanting the general consensus is Sammy deserves another rematch because he got fucked over by the bloodline, and now he deserves another shot at the world title, and he deserves to be in the main event of WrestleMania alongside Cody. You don't want that. You don't want Sammy and Cody bleeding into each other here on the road to WrestleMania because it's not going to end good for Cody Rhodes. It's not. I don't know why you would even contemplate that. That one decision now has caused a potential problem for Cody Rhodes. I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to work that way. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't affect Cody Rhodes. But the potential for it is there because they didn't transfer that heat that Roman had to Jey Uso setting up that tag team match tonight for WrestleMania. That's all they needed to do. That was their goal. That was their priority. And they did not do it. It's not going to have as much heat as it's going to have tonight. No matter when they do it, it's not going to have as much heat as it would have had tonight. And again, you cannot blame me for worrying. You can't. I am concerned. This match, this match was good enough to main event WrestleMania. This match with Sammy and Roman was Good enough to main event night two of WrestleMania. Again, I ask, like I asked you guys, is this going to backfire in WWE's face? Because I don't think that Cody Rhodes and Roman are going to deliver this type of performance with this type of reaction, with this type of fucking execution, with this type of perfection and brilliance. I don't think Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns are going to deliver anywhere close to what Sammy and Roman did tonight. You may be a Cody Mark. You may think that Cody's the right choice. I think Cody's the right choice. Everybody thinks Cody's the right choice. But what they did tonight is present Cody Rhodes with a massive uphill battle. Cody Rhodes told Sammy to finish his story. That's all Cody Rhodes said on Monday night. Finish your story. The way that Elimination Chamber ended tonight, Sammy didn't finish his story. Sammy got fucked over and deserves to have another chapter written. In the eyes of the fans. Finish your story. That's what he said. Meet me at WrestleMania. That's what he said. Sammy did not finish his story. It is now to be continued. Jay should have turned tonight. There should have been absolutely no hesitation on Jay Uso at all. And again, that is the only thing that I have a problem with. That is the only thing I have a problem with. Other than that, it was perfect. I want to trust Triple H. I want to trust Roman. I want to trust the bloodline. I want to trust Paul Heyman and everybody involved in this. I do. I'm not saying that I know better. But the simplest outcome that should have been, should have been tonight. Really. Now you present a a, a problem, a, a series of problems for Cody Rhodes. You do. I hope he's good enough to move past it. I hope the fan I hope the fans don't 
turn on Cody. Jay Uso was the pillow. He was the cushion that would have prevented any of that from happening because it would have been Jay taking the fucking spot and saying, I align with Bloodline. I align with Roman. Fuck this guy. He's not my brother. He's not my blood. Let's take him out. They are a threat to my family. We have to take them out. That should have been, that should have been prioritized tonight. And it was not. And what you're left with at the end of the show is Sammy got fucked over by the bloodline. Sammy should get another shot because he got screwed out of the world championship. That's all people are going to be thinking about. That's it. Other than that, the show was great. Two chamber matches kicked ass. The men's was one of the best chamber matches that they've ever done. And the main event was one of the best main events of our generation tonight. Everything was perfect. This was the best show under Triple H so far as set of creative. And I hope you enjoyed tonight's post-show. We had 4,600 people in here tonight. And I appreciate you guys very much for hanging out with me on the post-show, man. Before we get into the Super Chats, which you guys can still get on in, please get them on in. We're going to hang out in just a second. I want to shout out my sponsor for tonight's show, The Ridge. Ridge Ridge.com slash scripts, or you guys can go to Ridge.com and use code scripts at checkout. Save 10% off any of their items, any of their merch. Go and get yourself a beautiful wallet today. I own four. Let's hear from... My doppelganger, yours truly, and let's talk about The Ridge right here on Off The Script. Ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited about today's sponsor on the podcast. Legitimately, my favorite wallet of all time. I have not owned another wallet since I first found out about The Ridge. Today's sponsor right here on Off The Script. I mean, look at this nonsense. Why would you want to carry around that? Why would you want that on your person? This fumbling, ugly, disgusting mess of a wallet when you got something like the Ridge out there that's going to streamline everything you need in this beautiful little package. Not only is it as durable, I mean, look at this thing. This thing is almost three years old. I take it with me everywhere I go. It's been through hell with me, and it still looks great. The Ridge is as durable as they come. Over 30 colors to choose from. Room for 12 cards in here, plus some if you want to get a little froggy. Money clip for loose cash. And it's got RFID blocking technology, so you guys are going to be safe. You're not going to be compromised at all from digital Pickpockers. I mean, that's the most important thing about the Ridge, period. And if I haven't convinced you guys to go get a Ridge, the Ridge is going to give you guys a full money-back guarantee for 45 days. If you don't like the Ridge wallet, which I don't know why you wouldn't, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. That's how confident that they are in their product. Make sure you guys go and use the promo code SCRIPTS at Ridge.com, you're going to save 10% off. Once again, that is scripts at Ridge.com. And I want to thank my great friends over at the Ridge, not only for giving me the best damn wallet anywhere, but for today's podcast, sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Script. Thank you guys for supporting the Ridge. Ridge.com slash script or code script at checkout to save 10% off 
Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Links are down in the description below. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We are 80 away from 2,000 likes. On tonight's stream, hit that thumbs up. 4,500 in the venue tonight. Excellent. It wasn't even a major, it wasn't even a big four pay per view. Last year, the funny thing is, I looked at my stats, my analytics from last year. Last year's chamber was terrible. We did 3,000 in the venue last year. We did 4,500, man. We are breaking records and doing our thing even better this year, man. All because of you guys. I appreciate you. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Memberships, always accepting applications to the VIP club. Channel members. And go check out all the other content on the channel. You guys know where to find it. Live streams, shorts, you know it. Plenty of content. Get caught up on homepage. Go check it out. Mods, I want to thank my mods in the chat. Hooligrim, Otis, Raging Girl Gamer, Jesse, Nightbot. Hopefully you guys had a decent time tonight, man. Hopefully there wasn't a lot of trolls tonight. I don't know why there would be trolls. I didn't really say anything outlandish tonight, man. I'm just giving my opinion on what I thought was a fantastic show. I will be watching Mercedes after this is over, man. I hope she wins. By the way, she has a new documentary out on YouTube. She got a new YouTube channel, Mercedes Varnado. Excellent documentary about uh, her appearance at Wrestle Kingdom, man. Excellent stuff. Love that woman. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Uh, first of all, we got a four-month membership by Paul's NVI. Thank you, brother. New Japan spoilers. I mean, Hooligram, it's gonna it's gonna happen, bro. I mean, just just let it happen, man. I mean, just just let it happen. Pause with the four months. Thank you, brother. As I've said over the past two years, the crowd will be one of the biggest factors when Roman loses. Loved this crowd chanting, "Fuck you, Roman." One of the best crowds I've heard, man telling you, man, crowds, they make or break a show. They made this show as great as it was tonight. Isaac Smith with the new membership. Thank you, Isaac. Zach JD with a 499. This crowd for this main event reminded me of Punk John Cena in Chicago. Also, I hear Mr. 9 to 5 is all elite now. Yes. Mr. 9 to 5 is all elite. As soon as we get that game, bro, we are doing our thing. Senile with a 99-99 super chat. Thank you, Senile. Mixed feelings. I know we have a long way to go till Mania, but I felt this was a missed opportunity. They blew a chance for all the heat to be on Jay, and now they're going to need to work hard to make that tag team match mean much more. That's all said. With that, with that all said, I enjoy the show. Feel the same exact way, brother. I feel the same exact way. Should have been done tonight. Nobody's going to convince me otherwise. Thank you for the 100 bomb, brother. 
Jeremy Harris with a $10 super chat. What's up, JD? We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. That was an amazing Elimination Chamber. I can see Demon Finn versus Edge at WrestleMania. Honestly, I think Finn should get the victory. Cheers. Finn is not beating Edge at WrestleMania. If it does take place. Swerve Mufwan with a new membership. Swerve, thank you so much, brother. What the fuck are you drinking tonight? First day in the VIP club, bro. Rathuel with a $5 super chat. Brock and Bobby sucked ass. It's always an F-tier match when they're throwing finishers in the first 60 seconds. Incredible chamber match, however. Grimsley with a $5 super chat. Bro, Seth and Johnny together are hilarious. Both great chamber matches. I saw Liv Sunset flip spot from the side angle. Huge props to her for that. Yeah, it looked good. It looked good. Also, Grimsley with a $2 super chat. Theory beats Edge on Raw, then Cena at Mania. Colin Kerwick with a $20 super chat. Very good pay-per-view tonight. I loved all the matches. The main event was my match of the night. The ending could have been booked better. But the uh, but other than that, a good pay-per-view. OTS for life. Hashtag ready for WrestleMania. Thank you, Colin. I thought this was the best pay-per-view under Triple H so far. Brad Pie with a $1 super chat. Leave it in the tip jar for the beautiful bartenders, bro. I don't need it. Thank you. Jonathan McArdle with a 199. Didn't get a chance to watch The Chamber. I'll listen to your review instead. Well, thank you, bro. Appreciate you. If you get time, go and watch it. It's worth your time. Tenario with a $5 super chat. The main event gave me Gargano versus Andrade. Cena versus Punk vibes. I got Gargano Cole vibes, bro, with the false finishes. Jay with a 499. Thank God a lot of these wrestling fans aren't in charge of WWE Creative. They just want a feel-good moment. Roman should only lose at Mania. Roman was never losing this match, bro. I I don't know why anybody legitimately thought Roman was losing the championship tonight. Zach Ambrose with a new membership. Zach, what the fuck are you drinking, bro? First day in the VIP club. Kyle Tuck with seven months. What a roller coaster main event, JD. My question for you is, what do you really think Jay Uso was going to do if Sammy didn't spear him? Should have turned on Sammy. Should have been absolutely no hesitation at all. Alex Moise. With a Canadian $2 super chat. I live in Montreal. Best WWE crowd ever. Montreal, I love Montreal, man. I love all Canadian fans. They are awesome. This guy with a new membership. Guy, what are you drinking, brother? First day in the VIP club. Sinister Classic with five months in the VIP club. Thank you so much, man. What are we drinking tonight? Great show tonight. Aside from Brock and Bobby, only thing I worry about is the inevitable Kevin turns on Sammy. We're going to get 
Cheers, brother. OTS for life. Now, we're not getting Kevin turning on Sam. I mean, that wouldn't make any sense at all. Saitama with two months. Cody going to get the 2014 Batista treatment. That's what they certainly set up for tonight. I'll tell you that. They didn't really, they didn't really try their best to get rid of that fucking feeling tonight. Sinister Classic with a five-dollar super chat. Roman will be 948 days at WrestleMania. I feel that Cody won't capture what Sammy did tonight. And they're going to give Roman the win to make his reign 1,000 days. I can't even, I can't even say, you know, I disagree with that, Sinister. I can't say that I disagree with that. That's always a possibility. Neon, the synthetic kid with a 499. I see Cody losing at Mania and Jay beating Roman at SummerSlam. If the goal is getting Roman to 1,000 days, bro, Jay is not winning the world title. They are not winning the world title. I, I, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. The Mad Dreamer with the Canadian $5 Super Chat. In the press conference, Triple H praised Montreal and Sammy. Teased a possible WrestleMania in Montreal. Do you like the idea? Oh, I would love a WrestleMania back in Canada, period. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Tenario with a $5 Super Chat. JD, are you going to check out the Mercedes vs. Kyrie match later? As soon as I finish monetizing this stream, Yes. Edward Liu with a 999. Elimination Chamber was good tonight, but I didn't like the lack of transitioning the heat to the Usos and the constant Halwani shilling from the commentary team. Great review tonight, JD. Thank you, Edward. Yeah. They needed to transition that heat to Jay, to Jay Uso, and they did not. Three Kings with a 499. Damian Priest unlocked his full WWE 2K22 Create a Wrestler moveset tonight. He used like four different finishers. He looked very good in there. He looked very good in there. Priest is great. AJT with a new membership. AJ, what are you drinking, brother? First night in the venue. First night in the VIP club. Ahmed Youssef with a 499. Triple H making the mid-card championships feel important. Why couldn't Vince make the titles feel important? Because Vince hates pro wrestling. Vince hates all pro wrestling, bro. Three Kings with a 999. I'm tired of the Brock matches. I realize he's getting older, so he can't work like he used to, but every match is just F5 and suplexes. Bobby was great with Seth Austin, but when he's with Brock, it's trash. It's been trash. It will be trash. And Lesnar will not have another great match like he had with Roman. I don't know if he doesn't want to work with Bobby. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. 
He, he would want. He should want to work with someone like Bobby Lashley. The best matches that Brock had in WWE were against guys like Brian Punk, AJ Styles. McGuire with a $2 super chat. Raquel. <laughs> M. James with a Canadian $5 super chat. I was in attendance tonight, and I haven't experienced a crowd like that ever. Amazing match that truly had the crowd believing Sammy would win. It was great, man. They are the master of the near fall. Triple H is the master of the near fall. Awesome shit. Said Suka with a 1999. I don't think Jay will turn heel. They will face Sammy KO after we'll shake hands, which will drive Roman crazy and then realize that he doesn't have them no more and leaves him one-on-one -on -one for Cody to beat him. You may be right. You may be right. I have no idea. Again, like I said, WWE did themselves no favors by letting this one slide tonight. Aldarian Jones with a 499. They might make a triple threat match with Bobby Brock and Bray with Uncle Howdy interfering honestly at WrestleMania. Yeah, that sounds like it's awful. That sounds awful. West Coast Samoa with a $5 Super Jack. Cheers from L.A. Drinking Wild Turkey. Bronson Reed was a beast. I love Bronson Reed, man. He's so fucking good. Enjoy that cold beverage, Samoan. DX Strictors with the 20 months. That KO Sammy reunion will get the same pop like Ambrose Rollins reunion did in 2017, and I can't wait. Tears will be shed. Yeah, I don't know why... I. Yeah, that's fine. The Jey Uso thing should happen tonight, though. Pizza turd with seven months. Can't wait for the first Mother's Basement live stream. Where the hell is LA Knight? He needs to be at WrestleMania. Some people are saying that LA Knight may, may be in a feud with Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. I don't, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But if you want to get Stone Cold back at WrestleMania, I think LA Knight would be a great match for him. <laughs> Jey Uso turning on Sammy instead of Roman makes no sense. Ryan Fairburn. What are you talking about, bro? What exactly are you talking about, bro? Jay turning on Sammy makes no sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Joseph Taylor with a $8 super chat. JD, despite you not liking Roman Reigns in 2015, I liked Roman in 2015. JD, Rock vs. Hogan was WrestleMania 18. Did I say 17? Oops. Oops. Terrible with dates. Terrible with dates. Uh, uh, awful. Awful with dates and awful with names, I am. 
Uh, Nasty Mandy with a $5 super chat. I'm not trying to be that guy, but Jesse told me when I asked why it was missing that my drink didn't need ice. Just wanted your take. Uh, Nasty Mandy, I, 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 I don't know who drinks a cold beverage without ice. I don't. I don't get it. I'll take it up with Jesse on Wednesday. I, I may have to. I may have to dump him. Patrick Kane with a four ninety nine. I think the J turn coming at WrestleMania of the tag match happens. If the tag match happens, you mean? I, I don't know. It needed to happen tonight, bro. Dragon Viper 44 with a $10 super chat. JD, the king of wrestling podcasts. Thank you, Dragon. Max Mello 94 with a 499 super chat. Who should win the triple threat match at Mania if they do that between Sammy, Cody, and Roman? It won't be a triple threat match. We're not getting a triple threat match. And nobody knows if Roman or Cody are going to win. It's very unpredictable. Reggie Smith with 16 months. The way it's looking, they might as well keep the title on Roman and Sammy. Challenge him at Money in the Bank. Roman should not lose the title just yet, I don't think. And we're we're, we're forgetting one uh, key uh, person here named Cody Rhodes. Jamel Turney with a 499. Roman did lose to Seth by DQ at the Rumble and hasn't beat him in a championship match. I, I don't care if Seth beat Roman by DQ. Roman hasn't been pinned in three years. A DQ loss doesn't mean anything. Jose Perez with a 499. Hey, JD, after the smoke clears, does Rock show up on Raw after Mania? Your thoughts. Keep up the good work. Who knows, bro? I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of talking about Dwayne. To be honest with you, don't really care about Dwayne showing up. If he shows up, if he doesn't show up, I don't care. Jody Bolin with five months in the VIP club. The crowd tonight was really wild. I loved the energy they gave out. Do you see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn teaming up to win the tag team titles? Yes. Yes, I do. That will happen at WrestleMania. No doubt about it. Guys, we are about to get out of here, man. Venue is about to close up. What a stream tonight, man. I appreciate you guys stopping by. We had 4,500 plus in here tonight for a B-level Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Wasn't even one of the big four, big five, and we killed it tonight. No doubt about it, number one. No doubt about it, number one tonight. You can bet your ass I'm going to be fucking bragging about it, too. 
Thank you guys for stopping by and making this the number one live stream tonight in the community. We'll be live tomorrow night, man. OTS flagship podcast off the script live tomorrow night, 8 p.m. We're going to talk about Chamber Fallout. We're going to talk about Kenny Omega. Possibly leaving AEW. Triple H wants to sign Kenny Omega. And a bunch of other shit that happens this week. We're going to talk about it on the podcast tomorrow, 8 p.m. Join me then. Also, Vince McMahon wants to sell the company for $9 billion. That's a lot of fucking money, bro. That is a lot of money. Is he going to get $9 billion? I don't know. Jimmy Fingers with a 2019 Super Chat. Jimmy Fingers 19. JD, I was all about your creative idea for Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy to be the ones to cause a fuck finish to Bobby Lashley and Brock. And then them joined forces. It was so perfect. I expected it. So much for that. Sorry for getting your hopes up, Jimmy. Sorry for getting your hopes up, brother. I give out creative ideas, whether or not they happen. It's just my uh, creative idea. Anyway, guys, listen, I appreciate you guys very much. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for showing up tonight big time. Hit that thumbs up. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Go check out the Ridge, ridge.com slash scripts. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. I'll see you guys back live in the venue tomorrow night, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Let me see those ace emojis in the chat. Let me see those rock on emojis in the chat. Some of those Mustang emojis will be nice too. And let me hear you guys turn that music up to max. I will see you live on Sunday night right here. Or off the script. I'll see you guys later.